Gardening Talk back with Greg Richard here, joined by our gardening guru, Scott Sharp. Of course, if you have a question for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. Now, Scott, what have you got lined up for us today? And also, nice to see you. It's been a few weeks. Nice to, nice to see you as well. Uh, you have a nice... Well, it has been a long time, it has hasn't it? Yeah. My foot's not completely on the pedal at the no, Okay, no, we'll get it out up into top gear pretty soon. Don't worry about that. Uh, no, very well, mate. You have a nice weekend? Excellent weekend. Good, good. Just a lot of... Soccer and sleeping. Okay, so nothing wayward then, just sleeping. Nothing the wayward day. at all. Okay. All the straight and narrow. Yourself? <laughs> yeah, same here. Never any wayward, waywardness with me. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought we'd talk today about uh, pruning your uh, mop top robinias, uh, maiden hairs, because everyone's got their gas heater or their air conditioner on, what to yep. do with them at the moment, and a little creeper that's out at the moment called the black eyed Susan. The black eyed Susan? Mm. It lives up to its name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, Scott, you mentioned mop tops at the top. Now, I'm assuming you're not talking about classic haircuts. Oh, no, I'm not talking about classic haircuts. I'm not talking about the Beatles. No. No. I mean, you and I, though, we could probably do with the old mop top. Work right. for them. We could bring it back. Yeah, why not? Well, why not? It might take, take us a while, though. Yeah, yeah. Fringe over my eyes. I wouldn't be able to see what I'm doing there. No. No, you, you're a bit more better off than I am in that, in that regard. <laughs> Shake it around a bit. <laughs> no, rop, mop tops, rop, rop mops, uh, mop tops are a type of robinia. Right. Yeah, uh, and look, a really great plant. Uh, they're a deciduous tree, and that's why we'll have a quick chat about them at the moment. But generally, they make a, a you know quite a nice little plant uh, in the in the garden because they're grafted at 1.8 metres from the ground. So you have the nice straight trunk. Yep. And then you have the graft coming up. Underneath. Uh, no, well, over, no, no, uh, over the Sorry, top yeah. of that. Over the top of that. So it's uh, something you can easily mow around. You can have a table and chair underneath it. Uh, and then in winter, of course, it's going to lose its leaves. And the great thing about mop tops is they lose their leaves fairly quickly. It's uh, you know, not something that takes, you know, two months for it to lose its leaves. Uh, you know, in the space of three weeks or so, it'll sort of have a big drop and uh, get rid of most of them. You might have still a few sort of dropping on, you know, onto your car or something like that. That's what happens to me out the front of my place. Uh, but uh, Just, you don't sound overly happy about it. Well, <laughs> I love my car. I love my car. I don't like the leaves getting down and clogging up all the holes. But um, look, in the backyard, fantastic because they do drop their leaves fairly quickly. Uh, it is time to prune them at this time of year, though. Uh, when they've got no leaves, they're completely dormant. And with a mop top robinia, you can actually be uh, quite hard with them. You can take them back, you know, almost to uh, to the stump. Not quite to the stump because you can't go down below the graft that we were talking oh, about. Right, yeah, yep. because you go back into the wild rootstock. Then uh, so you actually just go probably. A about a metre or so above the, above the graft in a really nice tight ball and it will just come back very, very quickly again uh, in spring and you'll get a really nice shape and, fu- and really nice full plant back out of it again. Excellent. I'm picturing like a lampshade in the backyard. It's a little bit like a lampshade but with a bigger shade on it than probably what you're imagining. Okay. Yeah. Right. So the, the, the shade can actually grow out to, you know, probably about as big as this room, which would be, I don't know, Five metres across? Yep. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, so you probably get a d- diameter of five metres out of them. Uh, look, they can get uh, tallish, I guess, uh, probably about uh, five to six metres tall as well. Uh, and that's from, you know, from the graft upwards. But again, the great thing about them is you can just walk in underneath them. They're not, you're not going to bump your head on a branch uh, right, having a yep. rubinium mop top uh, in the yard. Uh, very quick growing uh, and very easy to look after. And the leaves fall quickly as well? They certainly do. A lot of ticks in all the boxes. Can you just mow over the top of the leaves? Uh, look, you could mulch the leaves up that way. Uh, I've always, yeah. Look, I've always been a bit of a fan of actually doing a bit of a rake first. All right, well, uh, get rid of some of the leaves that very way. Very revolutionary. It, it is. I know it's a bit old-fashioned, but I'm there with it. I'm still, you know, still practicing those <laughs> <laughs> those ancient. <laughs> 
and skills. Painted skills, yeah. Yeah, of using the rake. So, yeah, get rid of a lot of the leaves because otherwise you just sort of churn them back up and they go onto the onto the grass and uh, you can get some fungal diseases oh, uh, right. building up that way. So best to get rid of as many leaves as you possibly can. Oh, that's no good. Yeah. And Scotty's asking a question about purchasing potting mix and garden soil in bulk. Hey, Tom, how can we help you, mate? Uh, good afternoon, boys. Um, I've got a few large garden pots, uh, concrete pots, and I want to plant... Uh, guard, um, geraniums and things like that in it, but it's taking me some of them are uh, over a, a packet of premium potting mix. Now I just wanted to find out if I went and bought sort of organic soil from a garden centre like a 6 before trailer mm-hmm. and add something to it is that okay or I'm not getting the, the proper stuff? And, yeah. and also the, the, the soil in the garden around the house is getting stale so can I add that to it as well? Yeah, look, you can do that. The thing you have to be careful about, though, uh, when you buy a soil like that is that it might not be very well drained. Uh, and potting mixes are, d- are designed to be, you know, quite well draining. So you just have to be a little bit careful about doing that. Look, that said, uh, most, uh, you know, landscape supply places should have access or make their own potting mix. Uh, because, you know, wholesale nurseries obviously use, you know, a lot of potting mix when they're potting up plants uh, for sale. And they ha- they have to get that from somewhere, so they'll actually purchase in you know bulk potty mix themselves. So you know, so what you you know you go along to your, your local garden centre and you see a plant there, and you know it's all potted up in potty mix. Well, it's come from a bulk supplier as well. So if you get onto a couple of the larger places, um, look, it, it's entirely possible that you will um, be able to get some uh, bulk potty mix. You know, a trailer a trailer load if you need to. Now the great thing about that. Uh, Tom, is that you can actually then use that, I guess, as garden soil, uh, whereas using garden soil back as potting mix probably isn't the best way to go, like I said, because of the drainage. But you can certainly use the potting mix back just to top up your garden. Um, mate, the other thing uh, you could do as well uh, is, you know, it's a bit of an old-fashioned term. Greg might understand what I'm about to talk about, a shandy. Ah, yes. Ah. Well, not personally, but... Actually, yeah, I do know it personally about shandy is, yeah. You can actually make a shandy potty of potty mix if you wanted to, where you could get some of that uh, organic garden soil from the... Uh, from the landscape supply and then get some additional bags of potting mix and mix those mix those through so you're sort of halving the uh, the amount of uh, you and know put a swell of raspberry over the top a of nice it. swell of raspberry over the top as well <laughs> oh, right because I did got buy some garden soil once mm-hmm. from the from a place and it was re- it was a real heavy loam it was mm. sort of soil and, and sand so I didn't want to go down that track again sort of thing but I, I thought if I got organic stuff and add so would I need to add dynamic lift or anything to it or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like any fertilisers to the soil? Uh, look, when you're doing that, I usually uh, suggest only using uh, Osmocote, you know, one of those granular ones oh. in the soil. Uh, using uh, Dynamic Lifter, you know, can break down a little bit too quickly and burn any plants that you've got in there. Uh, oh. But, uh, look, you certainly use Dynamic as a top feed for the plant if you'd like to. Uh, so just yes. sprinkle it around the top. Then it, as, as it breaks down, it leaches down through the soil rather than the, you know, tiny little fine hair roots going straight into that, uh, those little pellets and burning off. Right. Okay. Thanks very much for the advice. That's all right, mate. So in, in closing, you, you can uh, either buy it in bulk entirely or make up a shandy of uh, some normal potting mix. Right. Okay. Thanks again. Okay. Bye. Good on you, Tom. Thank you. Bye. Is shandy lemonade or raspberry or both? No. I, well, look, my grandfather used to get it, not for me, uh, but it used to just be, I think, <laughs> when he took us down to the pub, my mum made him only get shandies. Yep. He couldn't drink full strength when he was looking after us. This is back in the day. Fair enough. Uh, I think it was half lemonade, half draft beer okay he used to drink another thing called black and tan which was draft beer and black beer as well but we won't go into that okay yeah
fair enough. That was back in the day. I think I knew that as half as half, but anyway, that's okay. something completely different altogether. <laughs> We've got Laurel now from McLarence Town, and she's got a question about roses. Laurel, how can we help you? Oh, good afternoon. Um, I have about 35 roses, and we've had, a, as everybody has, a particularly dry, hot summer, mm-hmm. and I'm up to pruning them, and they're a little bit sore and sorry, so... Any ideas on how to boost them again? Yeah, look, certainly. Uh, aren't you near the river there at Clarence Town? Well, I'm not, no. Okay, I was just <laughs> going to say, just stick a pump down near the river banks and just pump, pump as much water out as you want. That's what it's there for. Uh, look, no. pruning roses, yeah. it's, it's always a good time to do it now as they're becoming dormant, especially up your way where, you know, it's a little, yeah. bit, a little bit colder, I'd have to say, than down here in Newcastle. Just a yeah. touch, you get those colder nights. We um, do, yeah. Yeah, so look, the most important thing with the rose is to make sure it's a, a nice shape when you're pruning it back. Get rid of any old dead wood that's in there. Try and sort yep. of form a, a, I call it a cup shape, so that you sort of hollow it out a little bit in the middle and any of the buds that you leave growing, uh, you know, leave on are growing outwards uh, so that, you know, you're not getting that crossover and then pest and disease forms if you get a crossover of, uh, of you know, branches in the middle of the, of the plant. Yeah. Uh, look, so then the next important thing to do is to uh, make sure you give it a really good feed once you've given it the prune. Uh, and for that, I suggest about a bucket full of poultry manure. Uh, so there's usually about uh, three bags, uh, sorry, uh, three bucketfuls in a bag of poultry bag. manure. So you're uh, using about 10 litres uh, for each one. And it's quite a lot. Never actually let it go up against the stem of the uh, of the plant you always just pull it back um you know back away from the stem so you don't get cholera rot you've got a few uh poultry farms up around clarence town as we well. do yeah, yeah. Well. so i don't know <laughs> if you can big borrow and steal some uh, poo from up there maybe steal I'll, just I'll like try. like a, like a <laughs> fox yeah. like a fox in the middle of the night you put on a fox costume and go into the hen house and see what happens there <laughs> Look, the, the other thing once you've given it that poultry manure is to make sure you get a thing called lime sulphur and you yep. spray that all okay. over it. What that does is it actually uh, seals up the ends of the plant, gets rid of any fungal diseases on there, and it actually kills louse scale as well. So make sure you use right. it fairly liberally until it's running down the trunk of the plant and all over. And okay. then usually, I mean, about two weeks after that, you go and get one of those uh, rose foods, you know, the granular type ones, and you give it a good handful of that as well. Right, okay. And I wanted to do also top up the soil. Mm-hmm. Am I best to use organic soil? I was listening to your previous call mm-hmm. as well, so... Yeah, yeah, look, it used organic soil. That's the best thing to do. Uh, if you are, also imagine you're going to be putting about 10 litres of poultry manure around each rose. So that's going to top up things, you know, quite considerably for you as well. Right. Um, so probably, um, you know, just have a think about that, how much poultry manure you're going to be using. And uh, look, certainly if you want to do that uh, organic soil, make sure you don't pile it up so high again that it's up the trunk of the rose and you right, get cold yeah. lot. Yeah, always important okay. to make sure you've got, uh, you know, the co- you know the, the soil away from the trunk of the rose. Okay, all right. And then some mulch on top of that. Yes, yeah, so you certainly can. Yep. Uh, some sugar cane mulch again. Um, I'm going to say it again. Don't let it go up against the trunk of the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for your help. Okay. Thanks for that, Laurel. We've got Brian from Blackhalls Park. And Scott, he's got a question about the old mulberry tree. Oh, one of my favourite trees. Yep. Brian, Hello. how can we help you with it, mate? Yeah, mate. Um, we've had it in for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a plant that came from my uh, wife's cousin's place. And she had real success with her mulberry tree. But um, for some reason, we just can't get fruit on it. We, like, it, 
goes halfway through the fruiting and then it doesn't fatten up and they just drop off. Okay, look, mate, oh, I was going to say that's because I sneak down to your place every uh, at night and then pinch all the mulberries <laughs> off it. But no, okay, that's not the reason. <laughs> fox suit? <laughs> no, not the fox not, suit, no. No, <laughs> no bit high for the foxes. Uh, look, why, why is that happening? Uh, look, I, what, tell me about the situation you've got it in. Is it in a, a spot where, you know, water's draining away from it so, you know, the plant might be becoming stressed, um, you know, during summer as it dries out? No, it's, um, no, we, we've got a reasonably high water table here. We're okay. in a low area, but, um, and we've got good soil around it and I put, um, last year I put a bit of, um, bit of cow manure around it, I thought mm-hmm. that might help yeah, um, yeah. because that's all she used to do but um, for some reason they just you know, they, uh, when I cut the gutter back and it gets new wood, it seems to get better ones on the new wood than what it does on the old Yeah, yeah, and, and look that's going to be the same for for any plant that you prune back, you're always going to get flowering coming off, off that so it might be you know worth giving it a light prune back uh, mate, look, the trouble when you get a plant that's, uh, you know, that large, you know, after 10 years, uh, you know, I, I'd recommend using sulphate of potash, but actually trying to apply that, you know, to the plant successfully is going to be really difficult. Uh, you know, you'd have to, you know, look, add add quite a lot to the soil around it and then water that in. And it's, not impos- it's not impossible to do, um, but, you know, certainly the amount that you'd probably be buying, you know, at your local garden centre in a small pack, it's not going to be enough. It's, that's more suited for people, uh, you know, with uh, potted plants, for instance. Uh, so you need more of a bulk quantity of that potash to try and, sp- you know, spread around the root system, uh, you know, like the, uh, the drip line of the tree and then water that in. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, how, how deep would I dig that in, mate? Uh, look, you wouldn't dig it in. You'd actually just try and water it down into oh, the soil. Right yeah, yep. yeah. So that, that's, you know, it's not impossible for you to do. You just have to try and yeah. get a larger quantity to do that. Yep. Uh, look, and, and keep on um, using the uh, the uh, cow manure as well. Uh, look, the yep. other thing, you're not putting your grass clippings around it? No. Uh, no, okay, nah. because the grass clippings are high in nitrogen, so you're getting good, lots of good green leafy growth if you're doing that, but, uh, you know, what happens is the fruiting potential of the tree drops off. Uh, yep. So, look, I'd you keep on using the cow manure. Uh, if you can get, uh, you know, hold of a, you know, a slightly larger quantity of uh, potash, sulphate of potash, yep. I'd give that a crack as well and sprinkle that around and water it in. Is there any other sort of feed that you'd put into it as well or not? Uh, look, uh, look, you can use other general purpose, uh, you know, like citrus food, something like that. Mm. Uh, you, right. can, you can certainly go and give that a go if you wanted to. Uh, Actually, I'm just thinking about mulberries. You might actually be better using a, a camellia and an azalea food uh, because they'd be slightly acidic uh, for that. So if you can get some ca- uh, camellia and azalea food, use it. It's going to be, you know, high in potash as well, uh, you know, to try and get camellias to flower. And it's going to have the same effect on your plant. So give that a crack if you want to and just give it a light prune back, uh, you know, when it's in a dormant phase and uh, hopefully you'll get some uh, fruiting off that. Yeah, I've got a large camellia, um, uh, japonica, mm-hmm. maybe 10 feet away from it, and I, that's, that's got plenty of flowers on that. That flowers really well. Yeah. Uh, look, mate, is it in shade, just as a last question for you? It is in a bit of shade, yes. Okay, look, that, and that could be a problem for it, because obviously a mulberry tree, you know, it wants to be out in yep. the full sun to get the flowering and fruiting potential. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so, so just, um, look, there's not, not much else you're going to be able to do about that, except for, you know, to wait for the tree to get bigger. Uh, and just try and, you know, that feeding regime that we've talked about. All right, great. Okay, thank you, Brian. Thank you. Right, bye. Bye bye. Cheers, thanks, Brian. We've got Margaret now from Blacksmiths. Oh, good, good afternoon, Scott. Uh, hello, uh, Margaret. How can we help you? Um, I have a rhododendron tree. Yes. And it's huge, widths and heights. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've never, never ever pruned.
it when the time, you know, to do it. Yeah, look, you can certainly uh, prune back your rhododendron. Uh, always wait for it to finish flowering. So it should be flowering-ish around this time of year for you. Um, so wait for it to finish flowering and then give it a prune back. Um, you know, a couple of weeks later, you could give it some cow manure as well if you wanted to because they like acidic soil. Oh, they like the cow manure. Yeah, they certainly yeah, do, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and could I get, give it a hard prune or...? Yeah, look, usually take about a third of the plant off. No, never go too hard with it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly once it finishes flowering, then give it a, give it a go then, and uh, you'll get a really nice plant coming back out of it. Rhododendrons are beautiful. Not many people grow them oh, uh, here in Newcastle. Oh, it's a magnificent tree. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, but, it, but it's looking a little bit, you know, drab. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think the pruning will be wonderful for it. Yeah, look, you're doing well. You're a blacksmith's, and usually they're more of a cold climate plant, so you're doing pretty well to, uh, to have a growing yeah, and flowering here for you. Yeah. Before. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, the other thing, they're, they're a little bit, you know, they're, they're related to azaleas, so they can get uh, red spider mite on them like azaleas get, so, uh, you know, right, treating yeah, with uh, yeah. a preventative like eco oil to keep the uh, the red spider mite under control is important as well for yeah, you. I, yeah, I've never had any trouble okay. with it, you know, I've had it for years and I've never had any trouble with it for insects or whatever. Okay, well, let, let's, yeah. not, let's not jinx it now then. Right. <laughs> okay, okay, thanks, Scott. Good on you, Margaret. Have a nice afternoon. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Got John from Merriweather on the line, and he's got a question about, a, is it a boab tree? Uh, well, I say boab. Hey, John, how can we help you, mate? Good day, Scott. Mate, I've just been up to the Kimberleys, mm -hmm. and obviously there's lovely boabs up there. I was wondering how they grow down this far south. Uh, look, I don't think they do very well uh, mm -hmm. down here. Look, the, apparently the Kimberley is about the only place you can actually find them. They're sort of um, related to uh, other plants from uh, Africa and Madagascar. They are, uh, yeah. yeah, those you know those bottle tree shapes. Uh, they're not going to grow down here in the cold. Uh, look, the other thing I found out about boab trees in the past is that they actually take a long time to grow, mate. Um, you know, the, the ones you're seeing up there, um, you oh, know... Some of them are over a thousand years thousand old. thousand years old, yeah. So yeah. you could be waiting 50 years or so for it to get that nice Forget bottle that shape. Nice <laughs> body and all that. Uh, yeah. well, the other one, mate, I, I was up in Queensland a couple of years ago yep. and I had those, uh, I think they're called a Queensland bottle tree. Yes, they're not the same species, but they look no. a bit similar. Yeah, they they are different, and you will have more success growing them mm. down here in Newcastle. So oh, that's a bit sad. I planted a wall of my pine in yeah. the backyard a few years ago, and it's going wonderfully well. It's yeah, and they and they do. I wonder why they almost became extinct. Minutes, actually, fifteen yeah. feet high at the yeah. moment. It's going going great. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's really good. So, look, I'm, I'm sorry about the old boab, but um, yeah. we probably wouldn't be around to see it, um, you know, reach maturity no, anyway. I'm <laughs> sure I wouldn't, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, Scott, thanks okay. for that, mate. Thanks okay. for that. Cheers. Right. Bye, 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 John. Bye. Cheers. Thanks, John. Scott, I think we've got time for one more caller, and it's Louise from Clarence Town. Mm, we're having two calls from Clarence Town today. It must be the hot. You must love us up there at Clarence Town. <laughs> how are you going, Louise? Hello, Scott. How are you? Pretty well. How can we help you? I've got a real problem with wandering dew in the garden. Yeah, look, and it is... Um, yeah, continue. And I was wondering what's the best time to get rid of it. Yeah, it, it, look, it is a real problem pest to have in the garden, and the reason it is because as it, as it grows along the ground, it sends down la little lateral roots all the time. So you might pull out one bit, but um, it breaks off, as you know, and then it leaves the roots in, or, you know, at the next section, and it just com yeah. continues to grow, and off it goes again. So, yeah. uh, look, probably... Well, what's the best time to poison that? Yeah, look, I'd give it a go now. Look, all year round's a great time to poison wandering dew, but um, at the moment... 
moment it's going to be a little bit slower in its growth habit. So you could actually give it, a, a, you know, a, a poison now. What I would suggest, though, is waiting, uh, you know, probably until nine o'clock in the morning until that uh, the dew has actually, you know, dried off on it because you don't want that to, uh, yeah. you know, to sort of dilute it down, the poison that you're going to use. The other thing I'd also suggest is uh, having a bit of a walk over the top of it as well. And that oh, just... I can't because it's all in the, in the mingled with my other garden. We, we yeah. have plants in the garden. Okay, and the reason I, I recommend if other people have got it, uh, I recommend walking over it because it just breaks up the membrane of the leaf. You know, it's got that funny waxy stuff. So then once you spray, it allows mm. that to be absorbed in a little bit more readily into the plant. Okay, uh, so I can grab it with my hands and squeeze it instead of feet. Oh, look, you could do that as well if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's no real reason why you couldn't do that. Even, yeah. you know, lightly rake over the top of it. That might break it down a little bit. Uh, but then, Has yeah. Has it got to be, sorry? Yeah, can... Has it got to be an older plant or a younger plant to do it? No, any anything. Yeah, tender plants, you know, it'll be absorbed into them as well. So don't be worried about that. Just continue. Get on the top of it and uh, see how you go with it. Yeah. 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 It well, is, it's look, coming it, from my neighbour's yard, so that doesn't help either. No, that, that's that's not very helpful. I mean, um, I suppose you can knock on the door and say, can I come yeah. over here and have a bit of a spray as well? <laughs> I was going to ask. I was, I was going to do that, actually, yeah. yes. I hope it's not Laurel from Clarence Town. Um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> she might be your neighbour no. on the other side. <laughs> don't want to hurt a rose. No, no, do no, don't be doing that. <laughs> no. OK. OK. Stop. Thanks very much for that, Louise. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Jeez, thanks, Louise. It's Guarding Talkback on 2NURFM. Scott, almost out of time. I know. We look neighbourly, you know, disputes we've solved here today as well. Exactly. Jeez, we're doing a lot today. We are certainly A are. lot of good. A lot of good for the community. I <laughs> know <laughs> it's been a few weeks since I last saw you. Yes. And I said I was planting garlic. You, you did say you were going to do that? It's yeah. Great guns. Oh, fantastic. Well, it's sprouting, but yeah. Yeah, it's about a couple of... Okay. I'd say 10 centimetres high. So you'll, be, you'll have it in your pasta, your Italian cooking soon yep. enough. Yeah. And I'll have no vampires around me at all. No, you won't have that either. And your chilli plants... probably plant, anyone. Well, and your chilli plants as well. You'll be able to have some sort of garlic chilli pasta soon enough. Oh, and mix it all together. Yeah. Perfect. Delightful. <laughs> Delightful. Should I actually with them, because they're not obviously growing at the moment? Yes. Cut them now? Uh, your chilli plants. Look, I'd, mate, I'd wait until the, uh, the start of August before you do that. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, you'd prune it now. It'll stay sort of bare. Any new uh, leaves that come on it will probably get burnt off uh, with the cold. Uh, so wait until, you know, the start of August. Then give it a good prune back then. Uh, it'll sort of freshen it up again for the new season. Yeah, chilies don't... Uh, you can't usually buy them at the moment, but uh, they'll certainly go right through winter here in Newcastle. Oh, OK. Yeah. Right. Excellent. Happy, yeah. happy days. Happy days. Tomatoes, they'll die off, so you have to replant them every year. Uh, yeah. Except for the uh, the trailing ones, you know, the tiny toms. You can almost keep yep. them in year-round and they'll uh, just let them go across the ground and they'll uh, feed you all year-round if you need. Very good. I might just get them. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Those little ones are great. Yeah, don't stake them up. Just let them run across the, the ground like a little uh, creeper. Yep. And yeah. before we do go, a lot of people, obviously it's winter, mm-hmm. heaters indoors. Yes. Is that a, how does that affect your plants? Yeah, look, maiden hares especially don't like that. Uh, nice segue. Uh, they uh, they actually like the humidity because they're you know a tropical plant, uh, and that's why they like being in people's bathrooms. So uh, with your uh, maiden hair fern, if you've got it in a gas heated room or even an air conditioner because it's sucking the, the humidity out of the air, make sure you give that maiden hair a mist every couple of days because it will absorb that moisture back in through its leaves. Give it your normal water as well, but definitely give it that that misting. Or if you've, you know want to take it into the shower area with you, yep. you, could, you could do that as well. Always an alternative. It also saves a bit of water as well. It certainly does, but look, I reckon the the misting is probably the uh, probably the least confronting uh, option for the maidenhair fern. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the <laughs> other thing I was going to have a quick chat about was black-eyed Susan's out uh, at oh. the moment. Yeah. 
What is black eyed Susan? I've it's never a, heard of that. Well, it's it's a really beautiful little vine that's growing at the moment, and it's got uh, an orange flower all over it, uh, with a really um, distinct black. Um, middle of the plant, you know, right, with, yep. yeah, with stamens and everything in there. Uh, it's a type of thunbergia, so it grows very, very easily. So if you've found someone's, uh, you know, somewhere, you can take a few slips of it and uh, try and propagate it as well. So it'll grow very easily. But certainly, uh, look, it's a great little uh, climber. Um, probably a little bit of shade for it. Uh, you know, it doesn't like frost or anything uh, settling on it, or even it will handle the full sun. Probably not as happy. Um, but yep, black-eyed Susan, great little plant. Scott Sharp, I have to stop you right there. We're out of time. Okay. So ne- sorry. Next week. Next week, back. The dream team back together again. Fantastic. <laughs> Scott Sharp, thank you very much. That's all for Guarding Talk back again this week.